Deal analysis. The number one critical skill every multifamily investor must know. Want to take your investing career to the next level? Then check out Think Multifamily's Deal Analysis Workshop. For more information, go to thinkmultifamily.com forward slash D-A-W. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, we have packed a few different shows together that we call Highlights to help you to get the most bang for your time and educating you on the topics that you want to learn from. We would love to hear from you. I am grateful that you are with us today. Have a blessed day. Our guest is DJ Scruggs. Thanks for being on the show, DJ. Hi, Whitney. I'm glad, glad to be here. What do you do for the team, your expertise, you know, and let's jump into, you know, what your specialty, you know, and what you do for the team. So um, I mentioned tech. So I'm always looking for, uh, I'm looking either to optimize an existing process or add something to the mix that will help us stand out, right? So um, I mentioned like the investor qualification. We also have a whole deal launch process when we have a deal that involves building a landing page, sending out follow-up emails, tracking all those in active campaign, and always having a running tally of how much money you've got committed and things like that. And, and then also hooking systems together. So, you know, Calendly is its own thing, active campaigns, its own thing. How do you get those to integrate? Well, we use Zapier. That's a very popular platform for that. So I do a lot of that. But also as the CEO of the company, I'm, I sort of have to think more strategically about other things. Uh, I also handle all of our asset management. And in that context too, I'm also look, you know, always looking at technology to improve that. And then strategically for the company, like what you know, a CEO basically has three jobs. One is to make sure things are running okay. The other is to make sure uh, you have the money to do what you need to do. And the third is to set the strategic direction for the company. So I spend a lot of time thinking about those things. And with us, because of COVID-19, we have paused. Uh, we're not making any offers right now. We think that it's going to take a while for it to really shake out. But in the meantime, we've been doing events like the Raising Money Summit that's going to be coming up. So we've been looking at how do we turn that, you know, how do we make that the best thing it can be most efficiently and provide the most value? So I, sure. I spend a lot of time with the team on that stuff. Let's talk a little bit about the technology that you use for raising money. And then we'll talk a little about the technology that you use for asset management maybe as well, or if there is something. So, you know, as far as, you know, raising raising money, I know you mentioned like active, active campaign, you're going to build a landing page and some things like that. But, you know, could you highlight maybe that process a little bit and the technology you use to make that happen? So it is a hybrid, as I said. So the, the initial step is we have a list we've been building over time and we've been communicating with regularly. That's very important, right? If you get someone's email address and then you wait nine months till you have a deal, they're going to be like, who are you? Right? So it's very important that you sort of establish that baseline, that they know who you are, they know you're active, they know you're doing stuff. So we have a series of automated emails that go out. Um, as part of that, we send out a, a qualification form that looks more or less like the questionnaire you'd see on a subscription agreement. And we don't require people to do that, right? But we strongly encourage them. And the reason is, first of all, it tells us whether they're credited or not and other stuff, but it also gets their mailing address and we get their, their birthday too. So we can send them birthday cards and things like that. Then when a deal comes, we send it out and we have a, um, a landing page typically built in ClickFunnels. 
and it sort of spells out the high-level information about it, and then you have to register to get it. And that, using Zapier, we push that information over into Active Campaign, and we'll send out a series of emails about the property. I'm not sure if there is a right way to do this. I've seen some people just put everything in one email. I've seen what we do is we break it up. So one will be about financials, one will be about the property, one will be about the market. And we also do what's an active campaign, the, the, what they call deals. So they have this, it's kind of hard to describe unless you see it. If you've ever used Trello, it looks like that, but they have these pipelines. And so, you know, when someone first comes in, we know they downloaded the packet, but that's it. And then we might do a follow-up phone call. And so we'll drag it over into the next column. We'll find out if, if they're interested, how much, and that'll give us a running tally of how much potential money there is. And then we just move them through that process. We also do webinars, Zoom webinars. Again, that's automated. We send out an email invitation. And if they attend, we make sure to flag that they have seen the webinar in our database. And uh, we'll usually do at least two, usually three webinars. And we'll also send out a recording. And then we use Syndication Pro for the actual subscription fulfillment. We just started using that this past year. And you know that's got a very nice investor dashboard. And you can upload the documents there and sign electronically. And, and then after the deal closes, you can use that for whether it's messaging or distributions and, and things like that. So yeah, it, it's a lot of moving parts. And, you know, like I said, I'm always looking for new stuff too. So, yeah. I mean, if you give a moment, I've got a half dozen different technologies I'm playing around with. Yeah. So just to highlight just a little bit, active campaign, I mean, and then you're using, I mean, really for contact management, I guess, or email management or, or you know, email campaigns, but then ClickFunnels, you're building landing pages through Zapier, you're going to, or Zapier, or however you pronounce it, is, you know, it's going to, uh, can, can really integrate those and allow them to communicate. You're going to do a webinar and Zoom and then also you're going to use, you know, after after the deal or when does Syndication Pro come in and is it integrated, you know, in any, in any way? So that's when you're ready to write a check, basically. You're like, mm-hmm. I'm in, let, let's get this going, right? I would say, so Syndication Pro is a nice platform, but it's also a relatively new one. So there's not a lot of integration there. I did manage to hack together a system where, you know, they'll email you when someone signs up, when they commit. I, you can use Zapier to take those emails, forward them to Zapier. They'll parse them out and we'll flag it in the database based on that. So those are the, probably the main tools we use with you know a lot of Zapier. We have a, a ton of probably three dozen Zapier actions that are running at any given moment. And Syndication Pro, like I said, it doesn't integrate with Zapier. I've pushed them very hard to offer that. I hope they'll get it soon. But one thing in general with technology, just as a, a very high level when it comes to software in particular, is you basically have two choices. You can have an all-in-one or you can have best of breed, right? So all-in-one is it has all of your contacts. It has all of your scheduling. It has all of your email communications. And the best of breed is like you want the best thing for your email communication, the best thing for scheduling, and the you know the best thing for signing documents. And they all they, they both have their advantages and drawbacks. All in one, typically those products they start as one thing, and then the, the company adds things to it. And inevitably, it's just not as good as if you got a best of, right? So it's really on you and your both your own sort of comfort with technology or, you know, people you have available to you to, to integrate technology. 
Active Campaign is a very powerful platform. You can do a lot just with it. We always recommend it because it's it's a really good value for the price. Do you all use it as your CRM as well? Yeah. I mean, I everything goes in there. If you schedule a one-off phone call with me, we make sure it gets updated there. I also have a system, which I'm not using as much these days because of COVID, but um, I use a product called Contacts Plus, which is a, it's a, a contact synchronization system. So what it does is you you take, you know, if you have like Apple contacts and Gmail and any other system you have, it sort of rolls those all together. So you have a single, you know, so if someone updates their email address in one system, it updates there as well, right? What is that called again? Contacts Plus. It used to be called uh, Full Contact and they rebranded. I think that was kind of a mistake because if you search for contacts on the App Store, there's about a jillion results. In any case, the main thing I like about it is that they have a a tool where you can take a picture of a business card and it'll transcribe it, right? And when I say transcribe, it's really someone who is physically looking at that card and typing it in. It's not some kind of AI thing. They basically push this all to, who knows, India, I'm not sure where, somewhere offshore, and they'll have two different people look at the card and type it in so it you know verifies it. So now you didn't have to enter anything, right? So on one hand, so that's good all by itself, right? Because I know that what I was like and just about everyone I know in this business, they go to a networking event, they get a handful of business cards, they come on, they put them on their desk and think I should follow up with an email with that guy. And then they don't. And pretty soon they got a drawer that's full of hundreds or, or thousands of business cards. Adam was like that. So by setting it up in this, so first of all, it's electronic. But with Zapier, then what I do is pretty much as soon as it's transcribed, which takes about 30 minutes, it sends an email to that person that just says, hey, it was nice to meet you. And it has like, here's my contact info in case you ever need to reach me. I have some links to our website. There's a presentation, a couple of presentations I've done. I'll link to those. And then if with, with contacts, you can have with contacts plus, you can tag someone. So, you know, a lot of time you'll meet someone who's a real estate agent or a contractor or something like that. But very occasionally you'll meet someone who's a potential investor. So I tag them as an investor. And with Zapier, if they're tagged as an investor, we put them on our special investor list. And then they start receiving emails automatically from that. So they automatically receive an email from you because you linked that. Or tell me what you linked there. So you took a picture, you know, with Contacts Plus. It gets put into your system. I guess it gets put into Contacts Plus then. And then, and then what does uh, Zapier link Contacts Plus to to make that happen? So the initial one-off email I use, I think it's called MailJet which is they have a free version where you can send, I don't know, 100 emails a month or something. And I just built that email right inside of Zapier or inside of MailJet. And it's just really, you know, I'm not trying to get fancy because I want people to think that I actually just sent them an email. I don't want them to think, oh, I signed up for a bunch of marketing spam, right? So the thing is, like I said, people, they go to these events and they trade cards and most people don't act on them at all. And so just by sending them an email, I've already stood out from everyone else they've talked to there. So I use MailJet to send the one-off email. And, and in both cases, I push them into active campaign. But if it's uh, an investor, then it triggers an automation in, in active campaign that sends them a welcome message as you know, a few days later, sends the qualification form. And then we've got about, I don't know, 15 or 20 automated emails that go out roughly once a week. 
in every one of those emails, you know, people can reply to it and I'll see it. And whenever I do the investor calls, you know, at the end, I say, by the way, you're going to get emails from me. Don't hesitate to reply if you ever have any questions. Our guest is Budry Malinur. Thanks for being on the show, Budry. Thank you, Whitney. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, Budry is the co-founder and VP at Investor Incorporated, a real estate investment technology platform that allows investors to build custom real estate portfolios. Budry has an extensive investment ex- experience spanning a large variety of assets, including real estate, stocks, bonds, cryptocurrencies, commodities, options, and angel investing. He has co-founded two startups and has extensive management experience leading large teams at a Fortune 500 company. Budry, thank you again for your time this morning being on the show, and I'm looking forward to getting into your experience a little bit. And just this platform that you've helped create that, that's helping lots of investors to uh, diversify their portfolio. But get us started a little bit just with you, your background. And I think that will help us to just also, you know, dive into investor and what that is and what that's doing uh, for investors also. Sounds good, Whitney. And thank you again for the opportunity. You've been doing a great job. I mean, you're a podcaster and I feel honored to be part of the show. So I really believe in building a diversified portfolio of different assets. Real estate is just one piece of it. And as you kindly indicated, I've invested in a wide range of asset classes. I don't know why real estate is often considered an alternative investment. I think it should almost be a main investment because it has a lot less volatility than the stock market. But we'll go with the traditional terminology. And I was in the corporate world about 10, 12 years back. I've done a couple of startups. I run a technology training company. And right now, I'm part of Avester, which is a real estate investment platform which does precisely what I was trying to tell you, help investors build diversified real estate portfolios. Nice. No, it's just interesting. I don't know too many people who have invested in that many asset classes. So I think it's a great level of experience and a desire to be diversified. We've talked about being diversified numerous times on the show, whether we're talking about just multifamilies, you know, across syndicators and markets and things like that. But I think it's interesting to think about, you know, even other asset classes that are completely outside of real estate as well. Sometimes that can seem intimidating to somebody that's, you know, focused on real estate. You know, I've heard people say the same thing, Badre, about, well, you know, I want to invest in real estate, but I feel like it's, you know, it's real secondary, right? Like you mentioned, it's this thing, I'll do it sometime. And so I agree, it should be a main thing I think we're investing in. You know, let's get started about Avestor a little bit. Avestor, what that does for investors and how it helps them to build more diversified portfolio. Okay. So the way I want you to think of Avestor is think of it like the Fidelity. I don't want to offend your favorite stockbroker, the E-Trade or Fidelity or Ameritrade or whatever of real estate. We want to make real estate investment as simple as buying a stock. So today, real estate investment is pretty complex. Yes, you could go buy real estate investment trusts, but they have a number of problems associated with it. We can talk a little more about that later. So what investor does, it allows, think of it like a salad bar. You go to a salad bar, I want some tomatoes, I want some green lettuce, I want some jalapenos. Now I'm showing my penchant for spicy food. That's kind of the experience we bring to a real estate investor. We screen hundreds of syndication deals across the country, and we pre-select and pre-invest in a small subset of them. And then the investors can and then cut them into small slices. And then investors can come and choose the size of the slice and what type of asset classes and build a diversified portfolio. I mean, 
I keep coming back to building a diversified real estate portfolio, but that's what we are about. We are not about selling you the one deal at a time, but we are about kind of minimizing your risk and maximizing your return. Nice. Now, that's interesting. And I look forward to looking into it myself, and I'm sure many of the listeners will as well. You know, as far as a platform like that, that investors are, are looking at buying into, how do you or how does a investor choose, you know, those syndication deals? Or, you know, are they also doing other asset classes as well? Or is it strictly real estate? And how do they choose the opportunities that they're going to invest in? So as of now, investor is focusing only on real estate. We may expand into other alternative investments in the future. And we invest in a wide range of asset classes, uh, I mean, types of properties within real estate. We invest in a wide range of states. We invest in self-storage, retail centers, multifamily. We are looking at senior living. We do a, a several student housing. And to answer your first question, we have built a mathematical model. We have over 10 years experience, personal experience in investing in real estate and uh, evaluating syndication deals. I don't even think of that as real estate investments. I've had a fourplex and a triplex for 20 years. It's kind of in the back of my portfolio. I don't think about it, generating great cash flow. And uh, I've invested in some syndication deals. And one of my partners has done uh, seven figures worth, several million dollars worth of syndication deals. And what we have built based on our experience is a mathematical model. It's not about people. I mean, ultimately, there is some relationship involved, but it's all about the math behind it. And we take into account about 40 different variables. We look at the uh, equity stack. And I hope your uh, viewers are familiar with a lot of this terminology. We look at the location, the target uh, return. We look at, we even do a social injustice assessment to make sure that the project is socially viable. And then once we put this through the funnel, and we since we have data on hundreds of deals, we are able to compare past performance, and then we pick the best deals, and then we pre-invest in them. And then cut them into slices. That's kind of what we do. Okay, nice. So, so the investor is really gaining that experience or that expertise from you all to know that they're investing in a deal that went through that formula, or you know, you've, you've pulled out those forty details, or you know, whatnot that that you all, from your experience, have learned that's important. You know, you mentioned like the relationship piece, and it's hard for a formula to to calculate a relationship, right? But I would like to know, you know, how do you all take that into account? I feel like like the operator is more crucial than the deal, I feel a lot of times. How is that figured in that as well? You're absolutely right. So it's not just the operator, right? It's the location and then how good the location is, the crime rate, the unemployment. So all of those are factored in. So the operator, there is a little bit of subjectivity there, but some of that also we try to reduce it to a mathematical formula. So we kind of look at uh, the number of exits the operator has had, what was the average return on the exits, the assets under management, now, don't get me wrong, we work with uh, several crowdfunding sites and dozens of syndicators. Just because a syndicator does not have an exit, we don't rule them out, but that reduces the number of points. So overall, different factors contribute to different point structure. And the deal itself is very good, and the syndicator has not had an exit before, then it still will pass because the overall point score will be better. Yeah, there's just some you know, human part there components i feel like that can always be calculated but no that's interesting that there there is a way to calculate a lot of that though you know depending on what their past performance is assets under management average rate of return you know maybe across their portfolio as a syndicator how can syndicators you know use this platform for their benefit as well that's an excellent question so there are three or four ways we can work with syndicators 
one, uh, you know, often syndicators do not want to. I'll start with the obvious way. We have some syndicators who actually come to our platform and invest as a passive investor, believe it or not, because they don't want to be diversified too. I mean, they don't want to put all their money in their own deals. I mean, that may practice what they preach, but you, again, you want to build some diversification. That's the first way, the obvious way. Then the second way is, you know, most indicators, I'm sure that includes CO2, don't want to deal with a lot of small investors. I mean, uh, so what we could do is we could combine a lot of the small investors. And as far as you are concerned, when I say you, I mean a syndicator, you are dealing with one investor, which is investor. But then we slice it and deal, uh, allocate it in small slices to a bunch of investors. And then the third way is you can always offer your deals to us. And if it passes, we'll pre-invest it and offer it to our existing investors. And the last way is a little more complex. A investor, because of the experience of what we have done, is a unique platform for creating a fund for yourself. Now, it does not make sense if you're just doing one or two deals a year, but if you're doing multiple deals a year and you plan to be in this business for a while, there are some unique advantages in using Avester as a platform for a fund. Because one of the things which we do, which no other software does, is we calculate the time value of money. Typically, syndicators take into account, let's say they raise money for one deal and then move on to the second deal. But the way you can work with us is you can put some of your money, but then it, uh, when you finally get an exit, the software calculates that your money was tied up for six months and gets you a prorate share of returns. But to the best of our knowledge, we believe that no other software does that. Those are the four different ways. Thank you for being with us again today. I hope that you have learned a lot from the show. Don't forget to like and subscribe. I hope you're telling your friends about the Real Estate Syndication Show and how they can also build wealth in real estate. You can also go to lifebridgecapital.com and start investing today. 